Hey, this is Ross Payton with Roleplaying Public Radio. We're, this is a Game Designer's Workshop. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about playtesting. So, Caleb, playtesting. How you, how you feel there, buddy? I have been baptized in pain and <laughs> learned the truth of my game. And it is beautiful. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that cheery note, uh, let's get on with the show. That was some Admiral of the Red. And we have, uh, before we get into the nitty gritty of playtesting, we have actually played Red Markets now. It actually exists in some form in the Woo! universe. We're the first humans ever to play it uh, in the history of our species. And uh, not wow, to put you're it. You're really overselling it. <laughs> yeah. It's called salesmanship. New frontiers have been conquered. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, uh, before we get into that, we have some news. Uh, so, Caleb, you uh, want to talk about uh, You should buy my book, yes. No Security. It's out now. It, it, Definitely it, out now. Yes. As opposed to the last time I plugged Sisyphean it. Where it struggles. might have been out. Yeah. But it was out then. Yeah. Uh, so, No Security. Time Our is scenarios in the Great Depression. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can get it on DriveThruRPG. Create space uh, or it's Amazon. On create space and Amazon. Uh, the Amazon version is black and white, uh, and it is cheaper, especially in terms of shipping. So if you are poor, you can get a black and white version for fifteen dollars in cheap shipping. Uh, or the DTRPG version has beautiful color Ian Moody art. Yes, uh, and it is very pretty. So. Yes, uh, and uh, if you already purchased uh, this fine book, uh, I would recommend uh, it, it would be uh, ever so kind of you if you were to review it on DriveThruRPG or Amazon. I'm sure Caleb would appreciate it. That'd be swell. Yes, so uh, just a little reminder there. Uh, and RPPR news, uh, I've gotten back from China, and I'll talk about that in the RPPR proper with uh, Tom. And uh, we're running Sense of the Slight Hand Man, and so uh, after we get through... Oh, the anecdote. <laughs> yes. It's going to be so good. Uh, Guess who it's about, listeners? <laughs> it will be it will be it, it'll be fun. Uh and uh another oh, also a new episode of Unspeakable should be out by the time you uh, listen to this uh, unspeakable podcast, uh, three hours of Scott Glancy and company, uh, me and Shane Ivy and Brendan Gwynn Callahan from the HP Lovecraft Film Festival talking about HP Lovecraftian themes in uh, film and TV. So, of course, True Detective and uh, oh, so good. Yes, so good. We could do a whole episode about that. <laughs> uh, we just basically we even though it was three hours, we only talked about like movies. We didn't even talk about how to bring it into gaming. Like, <laughs> like well. This that's another episode like it it went long is uh, what i'm saying but let's get on to the main show so play testing yes we've play tested red markets two whole sessions of that we did and you will not get to listen to that until the actual kickstarter never never because <laughs> caleb so jealously guards it he's so proud of it not at all <laughs> i would like someone to buy the game <laughs> even by accident yeah. So uh, I'm not going to put that out there yeah. uh, until it is better than it is. Um, <clears throat> so I figured we'd deal with this by just starting at the beginning, I guess. So sure. 
Um, so I talked a lot about game designers about this because I've never play tested a game before. And uh, there's sort of a conflicting area of thought on playtesting. Uh, some people got really scared of getting too into the fiddly bits of a game, the central stuff, like what dice to use, what uh, how you present the game, like making it look too pretty, um, making the character sheet look too nice and giving it too much of a finished quality because yeah. they felt like it discouraged um, revision, which is the whole point. Yeah. Um, but other people uh, mentioned the fact that if the game is too raw, you're going to get people who just aren't willing to put up with that and they're not going to focus on the game. So, hearkening uh, back to my educator days, I, I tried to make it as organized as I possibly could. So I printed out uh, binders uh, full of all the rules I'd written so far. Um, I went around and finally scavenged the earth for enough uh, red D10s and black D10s, uh, which will probably have to be a goal in the Kickstarter because they're harder to find than you think. The black D10s are pretty picked through. Um, and well, you don't want yeah, to. The, the, well, you don't want to buy a dice X set to get yeah. one black D10 and a dice X set to get one black. Well, I'm sure you can find a. Well, have you heard about these sharp edge dice? Oh I'm my sure god! There's a manufacturer. Yeah, you need them. <laughs> Just a critical fail. Yes, um, we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. I wrote twenty five thousand words of crap. I'm probably gonna have to throw away. Uh, uh, revise. <laughs> yeah, let's heavily revise. Yes. <laughs> Trash can revise. Uh, and I wrote a character sheet in Microsoft Word, the devil of a program for character sheets. So it is definitely ugly and not. It's very functional. I mean, yeah, it's like, functional. Uh, yeah, no, it's actually. I thought it was the right tone because it, it very much looks like a work in progress, and it's enough that we could find material uh, and read it easily and get through it and not, but we realize this is not like done, you know? Yeah. Uh, I know if uh, people have different perceptions, they might critique differently. If a game is like, Oh, if this is done and you know, blah, 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 there's no point, you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, I think you struck the right balance and the binders. Yeah. The binders very helpful. So yeah, it's definitely very alpha. Um, but uh, I also shared everything uh, with the playtesters online, yeah. so um, people who were very enthusiastic, like Bill, yeah, uh, could like read the whole thing yeah. and be very helpful in teaching other players. I read a lot. Too. I read the the background material that was posted on the forums, which yeah. was also in the binders, yeah, and uh, the backgrounds, which I, I actually I really like reading backgrounds in like RPGs, like yeah. the things that sort of encapsulate. Here's these types of characters, archetype, archetype. You can get a really good sense of the game by seeing what kind of, I don't want to say classes, but character concepts that you mm -hmm. are sort of encouraged to play. I mean, you don't have to be a pretty, pretty princess and be like, I'm going to be the unique, you know, <laughs> son of a billionaire who was trained as a ninja <laughs> in Japan yeah. and went on to become a doctor and blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm too, but you know, you get like the kind of, average PCs. You get a lot of a good sense of a game through that. So. Yeah, I wasn't going to include those until I kind of realized that backgrounds and character classes, even if they're not necessary, Yeah, and I have build-your-own rules that I don't know if they work yet or not, yeah. but um, they are helpful in like sort of teaching the game as you go along. And, and thematically, like, <clears throat> capitalism encouraged job, special, uh, yeah. job specialization, so yeah. I think it very much like works in that sense as well so yeah the way where you get more skill points for taking a background than you do yeah naturally but that it does cap you so yeah um anyway we'll get into that so uh that's all the stuff i did to bring to the table 
Uh, and then I wrote a scenario to play test it that I yeah. wanted to be just totally baseline. Um, so the guy gives you a job, you go out and do it. Yeah. Uh, so I've already codified, uh, rules for making jobs and lots of different rules. So, uh, the one I did is called market fiat where the GM wrote an adventure and you're going to play it by God. Cause that's what they made. <laughs> um, there's also randomly rolling job generators, right? Uh, there's ways for uh, PCs to set up jobs, yeah. um, which is what we're going to try next time. But I just did a market fiat job that I wrote out, um, and I limited the number of rules that are going to appear. So I didn't include like very many examples for you know people on people contact on com- combat. Uh, which we would, didn't have any. Yeah, yeah, that was the goal. Like, because yeah. I have rules for that, but I didn't want to like overwhelm everybody with them. And that's supposed to be really scary and deadly. Is my hope, and things are already pretty deadly. So yeah, I no. need to uh, <laughs> put that back a little bit before I introduce something deadlier. Yeah. Um. So I limited the number of rules appearing, um, and the way I've codified that a job in red markets basically requires uh, seven things. That can be determined by the market, which is the GM or the players. So yeah. there's the goods and or services being offered. Uh, so in this case, it was a closure job. Uh, the PCs were hired by uh, Brian. Spoilers. The PCs were hired by Brian Mercer, uh, who is a pastor of a mega church operating the recession, to go kill his zombie brother, Will Mercer, and put him out of his misery. Uh, so it's a service um, the economy they're in, uh, so they were in a free parking lot, uh, which is the ghettos of the recession, because uh, that was a place where you could have a secretive meeting and not be seen uh, associated with just lowly people like takers. Um, the client was, of course, the pastor of the megachurch guy. Um, the competition uh, was the valet of the free parking lot, the, the crime boss who really wanted to take it from you, so you had to talk and intimidate your way past him. Um, then there was the site, which was this mega church, uh, which I just called mercy ministries or mercy city. Uh, and I got online and looked at Google maps for a certain way to cross the Mississippi into Louisiana. And then I found a all Christian architectural firm that had floor plans of nothing but mega churches. So if you ever want a dungeon crawl, (laughs) those are labyrinths. Uh, so uh, I just printed that out. Uh, I determined that it would be four days of travel time. So eventually I plan to write a D100 table for random encounters or more if stretch goals meet. Um, but I didn't want to do that for a game that is ostensibly broken because it's like pre-alpha. Uh, so I just came up with four encounters to go across. And then um, the seventh thing is a complication, which even when uh, players determine a job or build a score, uh, is something that the market determines because things don't always go right. In fact, they always don't go right. Uh, so <laughs> there was one thing that went wrong uh, for the players that was not seen coming, which was, in this case, it was the identity theft thing. Oh, that, yeah. You know, incomplete. I was trying to narrow it down. There were so many. Yes, lots of things go wrong, <laughs> but that's natural. Uh, yeah. There, there, there's so much competition. To kind of <laughs> yeah, there's one thing wrong with the job that uh, you're not told about that goes wrong. So, yeah, 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 you had to narrow it down a little bit. <laughs> so that was writing the scenario. Yeah. So, how what do you think of this? Was the scenario okay? Did you feel like that seven step thing is a good? Uh, yeah, I, so I like that. I think uh, for me, um, 
one of the first things that kind of came up was actually the competition mm-hmm. uh, because we had just started the game and this guy was trying to take money from us. And so, like, I'm not invested in my character at all. I'm just like, if he, if I'm not going to give anything to him, I'd rather have my character die and just make a new Yeah, one. yeah. So, like, that... And the thing is, if he's, like, the, the boss of this place, he either controls it or he doesn't. Is he going to start... It? I, I can't imagine the repercussions of starting an intense gunfight on that side of the recession yeah. would be that smart. Especially yeah. if he recognizes Tom's character as being a latent. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, do you really want to shoot him? Oh, yeah. Tom played the... Ghoulish character. Closest to a ghoul in the setting as possible. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So I, so I think the thing about that, and it, also he never showed up later. Yeah, I probably should have delayed that yeah. in the first place and then made it a later thing. Yeah. Or so made it, him yeah, the person I mean, I that... Feel, met- yeah, I feel like, yeah, that hasn't really been playtested yet because it didn't really... It was just like... Uh, no, or you know, give me money or give me death. You know, yeah, get rich or die trying. And yeah, I probably should have delayed the competition yeah. portion of it. So, uh, in terms of the actual complication, uh, that, like I said, there were so many things. Uh, I could the once I once I got information from Aaron's character about he, when he his second character coming in. Yeah, it's, like Aaron died. By the way, <laughs> his first character did. Uh, other spoiler alert. <laughs> so I could piece together like. If they're brothers and especially they're, if they're twins, oh well, then clearly, yeah, yeah that 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 was. Uh, but I liked it because it makes sense. Um, I think the only so yeah, though the, in terms of the actual scenario itself, I, I liked it and I thought the the, the especially the encounters themselves were very drove home the nature of the setting. And yeah, I really liked it, and they were different than standard zombie things. I think like you you the thing is this is five years after the outbreak. So things have stabilized in a sense. So mm-hmm. it's not like Dawn of the Dead. There's a billion zombies outside the door because they would have been killed or scattered by Yeah. Them. So they're always just kind of like, you know, landmines. Now, like if you go in a lot of countries now, if you there there's not they're not everywhere, but there's enough of them <laughs> that, that you should be worried. Sooner sooner or later you're going to have a bad day. Yeah. So, um I like that. And um so in terms of the overall scenario, those are my thoughts on that. I mean, we yeah. get into specific encounters when we do that. So. Oh, yeah. When I did the legs, like uh, not making the D100 thing and just thinking about it in my head as encounters, yeah. I made them all like actual encounters, which was like a war of attrition against the characters yeah. and their resources. But I think in a larger table, there will be more options for like positive things that happen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Aaron got infected on the second day. No, it was the first. Oh, the second day of the, the game. Yeah, like he got he session. turned into a monster on the third. Well, I guess maybe we should like list the four encounters. Oh yeah, okay. So the first encounter I did, uh, what what was it? The uh, was that cl- crossing the river? Yeah, the river. Yeah. Uh, so I have that you've got to keep the zombies from hitting the Gulf of Mexico and just turning around and walking back up on the shore. So they make these carbon tinsel wire nets. That basically just, you know, rotting flesh in water is not good and put it against a monofilament line strung. It's also bad and basically just strings them. Uh, And then there are little robots that are like cattle punchers at the top on a guide wire that if a zombie makes it to the top, starts climbing over, they zip out on high speed wires and, you know, cattle punch it in the head uh, and kill it. And so the only way between the recession and... The loss was for them to shimmy across the the net on the bottom and the robot guideline at the top. And then I had, you know, 
zombies attack them. So yeah. it was very much like high wire zombie murder so you don't get washed away by the current or dragged under. Yeah, I like that. I mean, because, again, it, it it's a different kind of encounter because it shows how infrastructure is rebuilt for this new challenge mm-hmm. or this new threat. Um, in the actual game, though, I would have liked other ways to – I mean, I, obviously, you're just testing the physical mechanics. Yeah. But – in the later game, I think they're, they're for crossing. I think there should be like, if you don't want to do the dangerous shit, you can just bribe. God. Oh no, there's definitely going to be yeah. bribe mechanics. Because I would have yeah. my character, who was the face man of the group, yeah, would have like gone crazy for that. Yeah, yeah, because that would have been better than or like <laughs> turn the robots off while we're crossing. Like. <laughs> yeah, no, that that would. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, so, that's definitely that, a plan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then the second encounter uh, that wasn't. Was that the trumpeter? That's trumpet man. Trumpet yeah. man. So they're walking down the yeah. road and they hear a trumpet being played off of the distance and they hear a guy in a tree stand. Yeah. So this is of course Aaron. Yeah. So you know he puts on his white knight and goes charging into the woods to save well, him. I, we start creeping up. But yeah. Aaron. Now to be fair to Aaron, he did critically fail. Yes, uh, he did critically uh, an fail. Athletics check. So he stumbled into their midst. Yeah, we'll get into the mechanics of the work and yeah, yeah. Uh So he stumbles into the midst and the guy is moated by zombies. And he's playing the trumpet not Treed to by zombies. Yeah, he's playing the trumpet not to attract more zombies, but no. to attract you because you're on the ground yeah. and are easier food. So the zombies attack all of them. Uh, Aaron's plan, despite having no armor nor particularly any combat skills, is to just wade into them with a bludgeon. Uh, I think, did he have? A, I thought he had a machete, or maybe it's, it was a melee bad. weapon. Yeah. Uh, Tom, on the other hand, who's immune against them. Could do that, but yeah. you guys are like, I will stay back and shoot guns and or bows and arrows. So yeah, uh, Aaron gets eaten. I make a secret infection roll. Well, he gets bitten. I mean, he's not. Yeah, dead. yeah, he's he's not dead. Uh, they kill the guy in the tree for I shoot him trying to run away, uh, which is yeah fair. Um, well, I mean, it's more not for him, just for him. I would have if he hadn't run. If he'd stayed up in the tree, I would have just like robbed him. Yeah, Daisy, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, but like he ran. Drink the drink the Drano. <laughs> yeah, drink the Drano. Uh, but like he risked uh, put our lives at risk, and that's a pretty assholeish thing. Yeah, to do. So like we need payback. So Aaron got infected. Uh, then there was the feral dogs. That was the third encounter. Yeah, and as you guys were, you fought off the feral dogs. Uh, well, set it up. I mean, we, like we we. After we did that, yeah, we we dealt with Trumpet Man. We we steal, we get his trumpet, get some yeah. food. He had some food. In he had some food. Yeah, uh, which was good because we didn't bring any. Like, yeah, we'll get yeah. into the mechanics yeah. that the later. Mechanic. Uh, uh, but we go into this neighborhood and we see a Chihuahua first, and Aaron tries to feed it, mm-hmm. and they, it's still food aggressive. It's still like a, and so we're like, huh? And then you explain, oh, dogs kill zombies, and they kind of take over the ter- turf that the zombies were at. So now you have wild packs of feral dogs yeah and the alpha's coming this way <laughs> and we're like oh shit let's get to the roofs of the these houses so like, yes so sorry uh but aaron of course doesn't make it because bill critically failed and shot him in the knee with an arrow see that wasn't even his fault <laughs> in, in the vestie yeah. uh so he takes some more damage but they managed to scare the dogs off uh but I, I killed one of them yes yeah you did kill i think yeah. you guys killed more than one of them yeah um but then Aaron failed his infection check, and it's a day later, so I start giving him the urge to eat flesh, uh, and he starts failing humanity rolls left and right, uh, and that causes a lot of damage when you're infected. 
Uh, and it's probably too powerful. Mental but, damage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he degrades completely, and he becomes a vector, which are the fast 28 days later, don't fuck with them zombies Yeah. Uh, that everyone's scared of. Like, they're not scared of shambly zombies. There's enough yeah. ammo that they could take it back if... But if one person gets bit and infected, yeah. you're back to, you know, Michael Phelps Olympian zombies. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they swim at you, I guess. Uh, that was a bad analogy. Um, <laughs> Usain uh, Bolt. Yeah, there we go. Usain Bolt zombies. Um, so Aaron tries to eat Tom. You blow his head off from uh, with your shotgun atop yeah. the things uh and we ended there for the night because we had to do character creation before that yeah um then the fourth encounter was meeting aaron really well there's also like a vegetable stand or something like that or some sort yeah i made a vegetable stand where you found i I gave you one thing that wasn't suppressing yeah yeah. you found suppressing the yeah make you a latent instead of make you a murder yeah thing um and then they found aaron's new character and the fifth one was the zombie net uh, yeah, yeah, with uh, the overhead pass. Yeah, so I, I've, it's one of the near future things I'm inventing for the setting. Uh, a denial door jam, which is basically an explosive door jam. It shoots out metal um, barbs linked to uh, high tensile wire around a single like landmine that's put horizontal on the door, and it basically makes a push door inaccessible because there's a big spider web of metal on it, um, and someone had mind an underpass uh to catch zombies with dozens of them and so there was this big spider web with a bunch of you know casualties caught in it dangling. trying to dangling trying to be and the guys had to get through that yeah uh then they got to the mega church um they looked around they fought a whole bunch of zombies david got bit in the face david uh, playing tom's character. david's playing tom's character so just um, tom was sick then they figured out the plot twist, which yeah. was uh, that Brian Mercer was dead and died with his flock, and his ex-con twin brother took his life over, and that they were planning to burn the facility because there was no survivors near it, and it was just full of infected. And as a result, a bunch of takers were going to come and pull the cards because the basic currency is people's IDs. If you kill a bunch of zombies with fire, their IDs are ruined, and it's basically just burning money for takers. Yeah. So somebody was going to come pull an extermination job. The imposter heard about that, didn't want someone to realize that his whole life and fortune was stolen, and so he hired the takers to go take his zombie brother out before somebody else did. Right, uh, and so there was a tense negotiation there, but everybody survived. You guys pulled some extra weapons and stuff out of the. A lot of our treasure dungeon. From Aaron's first character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did, I did also score a laptop. That, uh, well, you got a uh, you got a bunch of stuff from the Wailing Wall, a bunch of information yeah. that you could sell. Oh yeah, that was another good touch. Yeah, the Wailing Wall being um, in places right after the 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 attack or after the zombies appeared, people would post like. Here's my missing husband. Here's what he looks like. Here's where I last saw him. Or here, I'm here. Please, uh, you know, like, yeah, I, I'm trying to find my family. My name is blah, 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 blah. And so this information about 
a lot of missing people uh, at that particular time, which is valuable because the government, one of the, their major tasks is trying to figure out who is alive and who is dead. Yeah. And uh, so that, that kind of information is very valuable. Yeah. And for loved ones looking for, you know, yeah. you could sell it. to. So they found some extra bounty with that. Um, and there was an aberrant in there. You guys didn't find it. That's good. Oh, there was? Yeah. yeah. Oh, can you spoil it? Uh, no, I won't spoil it. Uh, so you can say uh, it. It was time. obviously in the kid's room. Uh, oh, it was? Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys metagamed really, that. Really? Yeah. Is that really count as metagaming? Because, uh, no, no. It, I just expected Aaron to be like, no, I'll go in there. Because, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I was wrong to do that. <laughs> like, oh, there's a mobile and it's playing little lamb and nothing bad's gonna happen in here we're doing a little star yeah exactly yeah uh if you had put if you had put like oh you see a ipod in there like that would have been enough or like oh there's a there's i know i didn't really want you guys to find it It was gonna kill you really hard so it was pretty brutal already um all right but that's the basic scenario kind of bone simple like go kill this guy right oh it's not what it seems yeah. You've got out anyway. Congrats. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, the mechanics, stuff that worked. So, what stuff that you do you think worked, Ross? Well, I think the central mechanic is that everything you do has a cost. Um, so, it's very much, it, it's, I guess you got the idea a little from Dungeon World, where like items have charges. Yeah. And so, like, um, every, every item has a certain number of charges. So, like, for my shotgun, you know, I like you just you just keep it simple. Everything has ten u- uses, mm-hmm. and so every time you use it, that takes up one charge or more if you have hungry. Yeah, uh, which is a disadvantage. So I really like that because I had to u- I I shot a lot, so I had to use some of my resources to re- reload my shotgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the central mechanic is that it's kind of like preparedness too, like from Gumshoe, where you have refresh. You can refresh up to so many items based on your character strength rating, representing unspecified supplies that you have available to you yeah there's um there's a lot of that in the game like so rations for instance yeah uh which played a bigger factor than i thought they would even though they were obviously very important yeah um i should have given you all food uh but endure you need to spend endurance points for physical action so even for stuff you don't have to use gear on like you're not going to be able to run forever um, and so, like refresh, where every I don't attack or every dodge and every yeah. like athletics check to mm-hmm. climb over the river, yeah, uh, or climb on the guy wire. So and like uh, and you can spend more than the minimum to get more charges to succeed. Yeah, uh, but like the like the refresh thing in Hall, I don't want like scintillating backpack packing scenes in the yeah. game. Uh, I, I equally don't want we're eating food scenes in the game because that yeah. would be really boring. So like you can spin rations the second you need them and they represent that the night before you ate more than the caloric minimum to stay alive. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that it seemed to work for me. Uh, no, I mean, it, there needs it, some it, tweaks, but it definitely worked for me. And I think the only, the only problem we had was in the, understanding exactly how quickly we could restore endurance. And that's more of a clarification because uh, we have a rating called speed, which says like you get, if your speed is to you restore two out of 10 endurance points, but we didn't know when, when that triggered, when that triggered. Yeah. So like we, uh, several characters, especially Tom's character uh, and uh, Eric got gassed. Yeah, uh, which means they're out of endurance mm-hmm. because they were like swinging that sledgehammer. Or yeah, 
doing stupid things. Or, I mean, not stupid things, but, you know, like yeah. uh, crit failing athletics checks. And well, when David was playing Tom's character, yeah. uh, he had the scene where he was literally holding the zombies at the door. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, he was burning through endurance as they were just piling up against it. Yeah. Uh, so, and then they backed him against the corner, and then he was holding the door against him to keep them from eating yeah. him. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it needs to be tweaked, but it did get a right feel for no, me. No, because like, it, it gives a very much like, if I'm in this action scene, one of my friends is in danger. Uh, I don't have enough. I could run, or if I, but if I go and help them, then I'll be gassed, and then I'll be dependent on them saving me. Mm-hmm. And it's a very tense. It gets very tense very quickly because that mm-hmm. at first the ten ways. Oh, I can do a lot of them, but then like, especially because you can burn additional endurance for uh, bonuses on your roll if you yeah. really want to make something. I don't think. I think I, me and Bill were the only ones who ever did that. Yeah, Aaron never did that. I don't think David ever did that. Um, but I could definitely see that being in the game. Mm-hmm. Um. And then for the gear, too, again, like I said, I really like that. Um, the mental – so those are the mechanics. I really like that. The uh, the guys designing scores, I mean, I haven't made it yet, but that yeah, seemed to work for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I basically just stole that from you for, <laughs> for base building stuff. Yeah, um, from base raiders, yeah. The setting and the fiction seemed passable. Oh, yeah, no. Like I said, the, the overpassing with the dangling zombies – uh, also, the actually the feral dogs because again, like I never thought of that, but like that the the dogs would take over, you know, the dogs would inherit this neighborhood <laughs> yeah. after the zombies after they killed or chased or the zombies have left, um, making like oh shit, that's a danger, that's a dangerous. But on the other hand, I don't know if you, this was oversight or if this was intentional. When I shot my shotgun, you didn't roll for zombies. And was that because the dogs had killed all the zombies in the local area, or did it was that uh, the, zo- the zombies had run all the zombies off? And so, the, so yeah. like I, I have that animals can't eat uh, casualties because they're noxious, and right. Poisonous, but uh, dogs are pretty smart sometimes, so yeah. they learn that they can't eat them, but they could certainly bite them and like break yeah. their spines, and because yeah. that's how an animal would kill you anyway, is shake yeah. your neck until it cracks. Yeah. Um. So the zombies are basically like competition on food resources and food resources are regular humans yeah. so they offed all the zombies in well, the or deer or rats yeah or and you were yeah and you were in their hunting ground like yeah. so which i really like i like that that turn of events that was um uh, a new take for it so i really like that um and i mentioned this before the the i think the mechanics for kiting or guiding or herding zombies yeah need to be a little more clear because that could have made the church if we just opened the doors and mm-hmm. let them wander out uh, or something like that. Did you, uh, do you think the shamble and mass distinction is okay? Like, yes. did you, did you want like individual zombies to have um, hit points? I th- actually, I do think, I do think it, the, sh- the, 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 just for those, the shamble means how far away. And it is the from the closest the, player. From yeah. the, that, that, see, that's the problem is that, um, because then if somebody runs away, then that resets the shamble. Yeah. So like that. Well, that's a speed rating. So, yeah. so it needs to be some sort of way of like easily switching. Like if they're closer to him or something like that, I, 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 I like that mechanic, but if the players are in different locations, yeah, like if everybody's in the same location, then that makes sense. Cause you're just trying to kill them before they get to zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if like I'm here, the zombies are in between us. Like, and, you know, and also maybe a splitting pool, like. Yeah, yeah, I so, need a uh, splitting, yeah. So that's something that, that, because that did come up in the church. Yeah, I agree. So. I need to figure out some way to do that. Yeah. 
Um, it's not. It's 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 close to being right, but I yeah. don't think it's it's quite there. Uh, uh, the one the be- the thing I was happiest with before we get onto things that are clearly yeah. not working. Yeah, uh, are things that need little tweaks like the yeah. casualty rules. Is that it moved quickly? Yes, like people, you rolled the die, you knew whether you made it or not. Yeah. Um, or if you could want simplify it, you roll your black, you add a number, you roll your red. Yeah, black no, number higher than red number. It it worked. It was easy to pick up. We all picked it up uh, for the most part. Uh, very quickly, and I think, it, yeah, it's a solid mechanic. And with the hit locations for hit points, yeah, um, and the action economy being like, oh yeah, there's uh, we. I finally figured out a combat system, kind of. Uh, so everybody has two actions, yeah, an action and a reaction, and we got the order of operations on that down a little bit more. Yeah, by the um, end of it, yeah. But the main goal is that the market doesn't roll for anything. Like, yeah. The market's always going to succeed unless you have an action or a reaction to burn. So, like, if you yeah. go Leroy Jenkins on a bunch of zombies and, like, spend both your actions on attacking, that's great. But when they attack you, you don't even get an athletics check. They just bite you. Right. Uh, so uh, that's why a, it kind of duplicates the spend economy. And it allows for multiple actions, which is something people always want to do. Yeah. And called shots and maneuvers and stuff like that. Just They yeah. just have a higher action point cost. Yeah. It's a little like XCOM with zombies. Yeah. Only hopefully not that brutal. But uh, well, it it's was, approaching. Uh, yeah. yeah. If I, don't, you know. I mean, I, and that's not necessarily bad. Yeah. Um, like, I think the people could run red markets to be a very brutal kind of tomb of horrors, like dungeon crawl game. And there are groups that like that. And then yeah. people could do a more like, depending on what kind of jobs they craft for their game, like a game that's more of a narrative, like storytelling thing where it's, well, I don't say narrative. Cause that, that, that brutal thing could be narrative storytelling, but like more character based rather yeah. than like plot based, I guess would be yeah. the difference. So I don't know. It's, it's oh, well, that, yeah. And that's a balance to get more out once we get it to where we can, but get I, to, I could campaign people, levels of play. Yeah. Like, because I could see red markets like, like the 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 tomb of horrors route being like let's go to this place deep in the wastes and go get some shit and come back. Yeah. And then like the more character based, like I'm just living day to day. All my jobs are a day out from the thing, so it's just like scraping by, mm-hmm. negotiating the re- recess that kind of or recession. Mm-hmm. Um, and so depending on the type of jobs you do. Like that could really influence the nature of the campaign. So you could have a campaign where nobody is even remotely in risk if most of the jobs are like in the recession, or yeah. near the recession, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like closure jobs and shit. Like, well, closure jobs would be kind of violent, but like, I don't know. I could see a lot of yeah. variation in it. Yeah, and hopefully that's what we get uh, yeah. in the final result. So things that didn't quite work, which is the the point of yeah. uh, playtesting. So all of the monies, uh, yes, all, just all of the monies. Uh, I did not make enough ways to get a decent profit. I think Bill put it best. Yeah, and that I was compensating for resources with upkeep. Yeah, because your upkeep is determined by your resources and your dependents. Yeah, um, but I was not compensating for time or risk. Because there was nothing like, there was no bonus per day of travel time or risk and zombie. And like, you guys were working too hard for too little. It was yeah. some very. Uh, well, in terms of like expenses, like you only accounted for like the actual upkeep listed for our gear, which is like yeah. every session, every mission. It's like, you know, if your item's 200, it's like 60 to upkeep it or whatever. 
which is fine. And then our dependents, which is like 200 per player. And dependents are people that are literally dependent upon you, yeah. not tax purposes. Like, if you don't give them food or money or yeah, whatever they need, they're going to suffer. Uh, and that made me rethink that I was I was including well, the, I was including a base in yeah. your upkeep. But I think I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. I think everything's going to be all enclave play because I think narratively is not very is not interesting to have your like little base no matter how many add-ons you put on it. Yeah. Because there's nobody there but the player character. So like yeah. there's no NPCs to react with. Whereas you can tack all that stuff that you could add to the base to modify it on an enclave. Yeah. And you could still have like a vibrant community of NPCs. Yeah. Which is kind of what I'm starting to like more as a game master since running um Better Angels, the No Soul Left Behind campaign. Like, yeah, I like having this Dickensian cast of NPCs where, like, if you want to go talk to somebody, you can, yeah. like, tell the market to be this person. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to change that. So that'll change upkeep rules as well. Uh, well, the other thing is that the biggest expense that you didn't, aside from character advancement, because that takes money to raise mm-hmm. skills and potential, and that kind of thing is that our mental health, because the way it is, it's like a hundred bounty per yeah. dot of. Uh, sanity or stress loss, and that's like we. I got up to five by the end of the adventure. <laughs> yeah. uh, some had more than others, but that was like another few thousand yeah. in just that. So uh, yeah, I need to adjust the price of healing it, or I need to make more money per job. Okay. I wouldn't even necessarily like the money could be one avenue, but if it could be done through skill checks as well, yeah. or if dependents, like if you fill the dependent, maybe the dependent makes you feel better about yourself. I actually have that. In oh, okay, there. that's yeah. already in there. Uh, there's a grind. Okay. Which is like you lose one on each track every every job worth. Yeah. And if you help your dependent, it it solves the grind. Like, I gotcha. You don't have to worry about it. Um, then one other thing, the willpower, because nobody used, like you have it to where everybody has a personal mission statement. Like if I fulfill this or I advance this goal, personal character goal, yeah. then I get my willpower back. But nobody. And I design, that. I explain that poorly. Yeah. Uh, and I explain it poorly in the text as well. Uh, and I should note here that the difference between alpha and beta testing, in my mind, is like alpha. Can you explain the game and have it played right? Yeah. Whereas I think beta should be entirely like, did I write down the explanation clearly enough that you can play the game having never met me? Yeah. Um, and I did not explain that well enough. It needs to be more like you said, like an achievement system, like yeah. a very concrete mechanical thing that you achieve to gain will. Well, uh, I mean, the thing is, like all our goals that we did were like campaign goals yes at the end of it and like that's hard to justify in the middle of a game session if it was like difference between like can i smooth talk somebody versus can i build my own enclave yeah can i build my own settlement in the zombie wasteland and show all those assholes yeah your mission statements were a lot like your retirement plans and so i needed to explain that more and make it more of a short term like yeah what's your signature as a person yeah um Let's see. Uh, so yeah, they mental and health. more broad, like an eclipse phase motivation or something. Yeah, like, like tagging. Yeah, like they have like plus trans freedom, plus like minus yeah. jerks, like <laughs> minus jerks. It's <laughs> my motto right there. <laughs> no jerks, yeah. man. Screw you, jerks. <laughs> uh, so I think that was um, um, affection needs to be nerfed. It's really powerful now. In like, fact, yeah. uh, I need to nerf that a little bit because I got some of the paranoia. Like, should we shoot Aaron? Should we not? Because I didn't like tell anybody what the role was, which is I like. But I should obscure that more. I should make it um, 
So uh, when I'm asking for humanity checks, my ultimate goal is to be uncertain. Like, is the character having to make these tests against his like sanity and mental well-being because he's bitten and he doesn't know what the hell is happening, and that's generally scary? Or is it happening because you know he's getting all zombified and wanting to chop on some people's flesh? Uh, and I need to make it more um, obscure for that if the characters don't have a testing unit that works. Yeah. So that they are. Debating amongst themselves, like, well, maybe we should shoot Aaron yeah. before he becomes like a sprinting ball of hot virus. Like, so yeah. um, hopefully I can nerf that a little bit so that those vectors are a little less deadly than they are. And then the infection rate is a little bit more subtle and uh, narrative rather than just it kind of plowed through Aaron's insanity at this point. So I need to nerf. That yeah, definitely the, the sand checks that Aaron kept having making right before he turned were really like six sand, six yeah. sand, like right in a row. That was kind of, uh, I was, I didn't understand what was going on about that. Uh, but that was again, uh, my, my misunderstanding. I think the thing is, um, from a player standpoint, like that's very kind of, like disempowering to know like, Oh, well I could lose my character forever. If I get possibly bitten or infected or whatever, I think then the player mode is like, you should have one last step before they get infected, which is like a last chance to get suppressant, Yeah, you know? And so there should be some sort of clarity. If you get bitten, here's how you can get suppressant quickly. Like, or here's, okay. here's like, so it's like a, a latch last ditch, uh, encounter where like we call somebody, they meet us and they charge us an arm and a leg to throw, to have them send a drone with a suppressant or something like okay. that. That's uh, good like idea. we go into debt. Like that could be a thing. Like, okay. like a crime boss. Yeah. I'll send you a suppressant via drone, but then you're going to do a job for me or you're going to do something. Oh, you're out there. Go and do a closer job. So, and if you don't, we'll kill you in your sleep when you come back. Yeah. Uh, All right, that's a good idea. So like that, because then that gives the player, and then once they're latent, they're latent, and then the player like, oh well, if they don't like it, they can retire their character, bring someone else. I think also um, the recruitment character reinforcement. There should be mechanics to like you're bringing a new character in the field. But I think takers by five years in should have a very well polished protocol for like oh yeah. bob's dead let's bring in a new guy yeah it was kind of uh clunky when aaron showed up well what uh, i think i hadn't anticipated killing him what here's so here here let me propose something okay. and let you feel free to use it modified or reject it all together screw you <laughs> it's <is> my game <laughs> uh the idea is like okay so they need a new guy oh we need a new dude so they use their ubic you know wireless system to communicate to post on craigslist or whatever uh, or LinkedIn, you know, this yeah. time in the, in the far future, it's actually useful. <laughs> uh, so, but only because the government figured it was so useless, <laughs> they stopped monitoring. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> NSA has limited resources in the, in, 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 that's how bad the recession is. <laughs> Even the NSA is affected. Yeah. Um, but what happens is the player who comes in, he'll have to make like, a skill check or like basically you could or roll on a table or something like here's what happens to you on the way to yeah. there. Now here's the, here's a twist though. The other players then can like, I'll spend resources 
to give him a bonus or to negate something bad happening. So like everybody has to spend to bring in the new guy in without. Okay. So like I bring in rations so he's not as tired or like, you know, like that's a thing like, oh, if you're on foot, you have to make your you come out losing most of your endurance because you fucking ran or like it was. So t- it's still in everybody's best interest to keep your guys alive. Yeah. So yeah. Not, well, to work together and like yeah. everybody has to spend like that's and then the new guy comes in as a new character. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they they they're not factory issue they're not factory fresh they're not like yeah like aaron's second guy was like brand new nothing he hadn't gone through three or four encounters he hadn't lost anything so i think that like so the other players have to choose whether they're going to pool any resources or just like fuck it new guy's on his own he comes in like oh yeah i lost half my equipment here i'm here though (laughs) yeah that's Uh, a good point i like that idea so so that's good. Uh, we need that. I mean, that could obviously be an optional thing. So GMs who don't want to be total like, yeah, two before you yeah. know, Gygaxian <laughs> could do that. <laughs> very, very true. Uh, I, I do think we'll probably need to build difficulty levels into the book when it's written. Like, yeah. You could do this or you could do this if you hate them. Uh, <laughs> oh, the and uh, crit failures. I guess we should bring that up. So we can- okay, yeah. So here's the thing. Ross <laughs> broke math. <laughs> I didn't break math. You broke fucking math. It's statistically unlikely, but still statistically possible. All right. So here's the thing. Uh, It's a two dice mechanic, and I have that. 2d10. 2d10. And I have that uh, critical failures and critical successes are based off matches on 2d10. Yeah. Nat matches, not adjusted for skills. Right. Like if they just both hit the table and they're both the same number, you've either got a crit success or a crit failure. Uh, I've got evens being crit successes. And odds being crit failures. So there's a 10% chance you're going to get a match. And so that makes there's a 5% chance you're going to get a crit failure and a 5% chance you're going to get a crit success, which I believe is the same for D&D on a D20. No, D&D, like, it depends on what edition you do. But, like, for example, in third ed, you roll natural 20. Oh, you have to confirm. Yeah, that's right. Um, So that's that's it. In the second session alone, Ross got eight critical failures, which I don't know how that's possible. And I, I like my first two rolls of the game were both critical failures. Uh, so I, it's interesting. I mean, like in Eclipse phase, uh, you do have like a ten percent chance, basically, of rolling a critical something because uh, you know it's looking for matches again. So, uh, but the range of that changes based on the character skill. The higher skill is, the more likely it's a critical success. As opposed to being a critical failure, but yeah, but it is based on your skill rating, and uh, my problem is that with Eclipse Days being a full blown D one hundred system, and mine being a plus minus system where like plus three makes you like a eighty percent chance to succeed in that range, or yeah, uh, four makes you just godlike and in the ninety percent chance to succeed, like that's still great, but like even if I'm like anything beneath a four is success, that's still more than half the time critical failures so i have to figure out some way to quantify that or we could try you know double tens and double ones and just see how it feels at the table even though it's a low but i mean i i mean part of this is like philosophical yeah going back like how frequent should a critical success or critical failure be i mean like we always think of five percent because of the d i mean i I think the ten percent like 5% 5% critical failure, 5% critical s- success is from D&D, like yeah. D20, like yeah. natural one, natural 20. And is that where game should be? And, you know, well, I'm not ready. Question. I'm not ready to change it just yet. Yeah. I would like to play another game with with it as is to make yeah. sure, 
you didn't break math. Uh, I did. It's in, impossible to break math. I think definition. Bro- I think you broke math. <laughs> you're a horrible monster. I, I, think you're I am. Of doing I'm it. just stomping all over your game. It's just <laughs> and, prob- and probability. Yeah. Uh, so gaming you- is a flat circle. <laughs> nice. We've been watching True Detective. If you have yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, so yeah, um, yeah. That's just, that's just something we need to try again. But it was too high in the game. Yeah. I mean. Without argument, it was too hard. Well, I think that part of it isn't even necessarily the frequency. It's the the consequences of a critical failure yeah. or success. Because the critical success, it was very well defined. Like, you did more damage. Yeah. Or you didn't use as much endurance or whatever. But a critical failure, you had, you like, it was more hand wave storyteller GM Fiat, I guess. And that's where, like, Aaron stumbled into the zombies. Yeah, so I like, need to quantify it more. Yeah. So if it was like you expend resources, more resources, and still fail... Then it's like, okay, well, I lost two points of endurance instead of one. Okay. So, or something like that. Cause then it's like, okay, well, that sucks. I might change that before. Or you the might, next and session. then you might have like the really, like a bad, you could have two degrees of critical successes, like yeah. a bad failure, which is a double, but then if it's double ones, then it's the GM. Like, there, I think, I still feel like there should be the holy fucking shit, what <laughs> the hell just happened? Like, yeah. That that has some place in it, but maybe just a one percent chance, you know, yeah. like the double ones, and then the double tens, like golden ah, happy time. Yes, success. golden happy time, one thousand percent A plus. Yes, all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I I will look into that. Right. Um, and then another thing that didn't quite work was the negotiation mechanics. Yeah, and I don't know if that. that's the mechanics or like if I just the nomenclature of it just didn't make it apparent enough. I think if I had a sheet ahead of me and I looked at it and I had time, like it, it's a different game yeah. than the rest of the game. It's a mini game. It's yeah. a mini game. That's that's a good way of putting it. And and then I'm not sure if I want that. Yeah. Like even if I can get it to work with a cheat sheet, I'm not sure if I want to slow down the you game, want a more unified game enough for that or more unified. Uh, so that's something I need to look into and kind of play around in my head a little I mean, bit I mean, it could more. be more like a contractor thing, just like have a bid sheet or, you know, yeah. like, uh, here's, the, here's the job. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, let me give you an estimate for that there. Uh, ex- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, it's five years. Yeah. I think this kind of would have been sort of figured out. You got by the now. carbon paper. Yeah. Good yeah. <laughs> zombies. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's something I need to work with. School. Yeah. That'd be a prime thing to be reclaimed. Like from all the school, <laughs> old schools, basements are like the, uh, <laughs> Carbon uh, paper <laughs> rollers or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> all <laughs> right. Cards. Yeah. Next up, rotary phones. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so that's stuff that needs to be fixed. Uh, emergent play stuff, like stuff we didn't see coming. Uh, well, that you didn't see coming. Yeah, right? that I didn't see coming. Uh, obviously, we we went out into the wilderness without food. <laughs> you did go in the wilderness. I just food. maxed out my shotgun as much as I could. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I should have explained the importance and mechanical function of rations. Well, again, far better. it just should be part of player like yeah. adventurers kit. Yeah. Like, you're not going to go out in the wilderness without some fucking food. So Yeah. Unlike D&D where you don't have food. Oh well, we're all magical fantasy gods. Yeah. Uh I will magic up food. Yeah, there are serious consequences to not having food right. in red markets. Um I mean, if you made food, I mean like some video games do that where food restores hit points or magic points. If that was the case, people would be carrying around magical refrigerators, you know. Yeah. You could have eaten dogs. 
Like we were talking. No, we got kind of distracted. All right, <laughs> you did get a little distracted. After, and after Aaron, yeah, like, and there was Aaron blood everywhere. all over. Yeah, that would probably been a bad idea. Yeah, um, I actually brought that up before. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, before we got waylaid, by, <laughs> uh, uh, distracted. Uh, I think also Aaron's second character, uh, traveling Matt. Uh, his character was like, oh yeah, a, they all named their character after Electric Muppets? Mayhem, <laughs> yes. the band and the Muppet Show. <laughs> yes, they took it very seriously. Except for me, I'm Charlie Good Time. You were Charlie Good Times. I was picturing my guy looking like Charlie Day. So <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> he was starting to behave a little like Charlie Day towards the end. Pretty much. Uh, oh, yeah, Aaron, bitches. Yeah, uh, but Aaron wanted to play. Uh, a gearhead, and then he wanted to build a cart for his ATV. Well, no, we did. We wanted to build because, a cart. Yeah. Oh, the players did because his ATV could only carry one passenger aside yeah. from himself. And so we're like, well, then I think I thought you brought up, well, we, or somebody brought up, well, why can we build a cart? Yeah. To carry. And so everyone? we did some, I kind of came up with some scavenging rules on yeah. the fly. So I might need to codify. So like some MacGyver type jury rigging rules would be good. Because I was just using the scavenging rules and the mechanics rules. uh, And I might need to codify some crafting system better than that. Yeah, it's one thing. Certainly skills. Some skills are more important than the others. Like I maxed out my social stuff and that was like you. And I knew it was going to like that was probably a suboptimal thing. But well, it's going to be a. I really want the social stuff to be not crazy useful out in the loss. Right. But utterly useful for getting enough money to stay alive, which is kind of why I brought the job cost down as low as I did, because I wanted the social character maxing it up during the. But I need to still make it much higher and then let the social character still have an impact on like the number of the job. Like, no, the social character's superpower to be finding good jobs and getting high prices for it. Well, I think the thing is, the question is, if that's the case, um, why wouldn't there exist by five years in that the social characters like specialize to it to the point where they don't even go out and they just become agents for the, you know, murder hobos? Uh, Well, I suppose you could, but I mean, you know, when people are like eating food and stuff and you're the Jimmy sit on the phone yeah. while they're out, you know, fighting hordes of undead. Like, yeah. if I'm Buff McLarge huge with double wielding shotguns, yeah. I'm not going to give you the food. Yeah. Jimmy sit on the phone. Well, I mean, with the that's gear, the thing like, is, well, that depends on the state of the culture. I mean, if we're in a society where might makes right, then that that happens. But if the recession is still a society of contract law, yeah, or is trying to be, yeah. so like. Um, my, my thing is, uh, if the social character should be useful in unique situations in the loss, for example, the trumpet guy, if we yeah. had a chance to talk to him yeah. before, like I would have felt again, like five years in, there would have been some sort of protocol like, Hey, I'm treed signal, f- signal light, you know, mirror or whatever. Uh, can you get me down? What can you offer us? You know? And, okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and that's that's just chances for negotiation. Part of that is the rules and that I need to fix, and part of it is just you know I haven't fully realized the setting yet. Yeah, uh, and that's really important for social characters. Yeah. Um. So well, the yeah, and the, I think that can be fixed. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that you're right. There weren't enough examples of that. Um. The so, well, the other thing was the like the I think the again the, the speed endurance mechanic works great especially cuz you can sacrifice additional points mm-hmm. to game like you really need to make that roll I'm going to catch that baby you know uh, before yeah. it falls in the pit of vectors uh <laughs> or whatever but I feel there should be some sort of complement 
uh, some sort of comparable thing, not necessarily identical, but to mental and social roles. Yeah. Um, and so Bill brought that up with failing forward. So like there yeah. were some research checks early in the before game. Before we left. Before you left. The, and the camp. everybody yeah. whiffed on them. So I'm like, well, you don't get there. They're like, can we try again? And I could not think of a reason why they couldn't just like sit back and try again. Yeah. So in uh, that it was also problematic because it does kind of violate the spirit of the game. Yeah. And because everybody's just an individual snowflake that can try their skills until they get them right. Uh, and they don't have like finite resources. So I think that is something very emergent that I'm going to try and build in, which would be a big rules change is trying to hook yeah. some sort of cost to uh, more mental and more emotional roles. Like you take humanity damage if you're just trying to constantly persuade people because you yeah. stop seeing them as people and start seeing them as marks. Yeah. Like uh, you like are, or if you're lying to people or. If you make a foresight roll and fail it, you're taking damage to paranoia because I don't know what's out there. I don't know what's coming. It could be anything. It could, you know, it could be a tidal wave of vectors. There, you know? could, there could be another way of doing it um, that I thought, um, and I, I like those. And maybe you could do both of these. And then the other would be like um, a gumshoe thing, where like instead of rolling, like you have one point of foresight, you have one thing you could use in the game. Like I would have had foresight about this. Okay. Um, okay, so make them more like spins than anything else. That because that would be easy to keep track of. Yeah, uh, and or you could say like maybe we instead of like for every one point of foresight or research or whatever, we get to ask one question. Yeah, we could try that. Um, my only thing about that would be like that's a lot of stuff to keep track of. Like if you're doing endurance and humanity and yeah. all your charges. And you've got certain skills that are well, spent I mean, and certain skills that are adding mods. Well, I, this could be like in a certain phase of the game. Like yeah. The, the prepping for the job phase. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So like as a GM, for you want the players to know certain things about the job, but you don't want them to like just – you just don't want to Rail hand out – yeah. well, you don't want to just give them reams and reams of exposition. Yeah. You want them to work for it or and let them fuck up if they really just like – we're fine. We don't need to prepare. Let's go out there. Lock and low. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the challenge there. How do you get them? How do you get that across while making it satisfying to the players and, and good for the game? So it could either be a cost like in humanity or it could be both or I don't know. So, well, we're just going to have to try it and see yeah. how it feels at the table. But that's something I did not predict company happening. Like, oh, okay. like it's totally whiffed on me, like preparing things. Yeah. Uh, the fail forward idea. Uh, another thing is that um, I thought I, I think I <laughs> have been a little too immersed in zombie fiction yeah. and you know, research stuff for the game. And so like certain tactics that were just like glaringly apparent to me were not to the players. And I think that's in part like most people not reading any of the setting material and things like that, but uh, which I didn't expect. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, in terms of like writing the game, I'm going to have to add because uh, I already plan having in character voice chapters. Yeah. Uh, and in character voice, you know, best practices for takers, you know, yeah. like, you know, zombie tactics 101, like kiting and kiting them like. Are you talking just roles. about. Aaron charging the zombies or were there? No, like other things like um, uh, David has a sledgehammer. They're in a walled room with zombies trying to bust in and they don't they have no exit and they don't try and bust through a wall and go into a different room. Oh, or uh, well, that that's not necessarily like a zombie like that depends. It's apparent if you actually know the building. But if you, you like 
a mega church, if you're not familiar with how mega churches are built, you don't know that they use drywall. Like yeah. if you think that they're made of, you know, like concrete or whatever, that's not going to work. Yeah. So, and then, um, Aaron, like refusing to close the doors of the mega church and just like endless streams of zombies being invited in and, you know, things of that nature. And it's, it wasn't like bad. Like yeah. it, it's, it was still like a good game. And I reminded you guys of stuff that I thought would be obvious, but, um, yeah, uh, if, yeah. If we had best practices, I would but yeah, I think that. I think it'd just be a fun chapter to read. Oh yeah, like, like, that would be a good thing for the like answer, more yeah. more than anything else. I think it'd just be like kind of fun to read, like yeah. uh, kind of like the the some of the eclipse phase stuff about oh, yeah. being a firewall agent. You know? Yeah. Um. So, um. There's that the the cart thing, the failing forward, um. And then you mentioned a paranoia about the the moving the traveling through the wasteland, like with. When I had the D100 table for legs of travel that you're just going to shoot everything inside. <laughs> well, okay. So yeah. what I, the thing is, um, it wouldn't be emerging gameplay in that, that particular adventure because like, yeah. I see somebody in danger. Let's go and help them. Like, yeah. That's the first player character thing. But now that we know that he screwed us over or was trying to, uh, I shot him, by the way, like as soon as, I, as, soon as yeah. he was trying to get away. So to make sure... Like he, it was very much a Daisy thing. He he screwed us over. He must die. Yeah. So now in the future, I don't see why I would either hide or kill literally every other human I see in the waste. <laughs> yeah. So there's no mechanical reason that will be a more um, long term campaign thing. So yeah, I, I figured that I I probably need to write that D100 table sooner rather than later, and I need to make sure. That well, I think that would be more the zombie. Like again, like. How do people meet each other? You know, you go back to history, like yeah. back in the Middle Ages, like, and this is apocryphal. I don't know if this is true or not, but like handshakes were done to show that you didn't have a have, dagger up yeah. your sleeve. Like, there should be some sort of like that would probably be in the best practices chapter. And then also, like, I would, I would wave say, a white flag. When, I would also, I would say that if you just off somebody without, yeah, like definite cause to off them, like yeah. that guy probably not because he tried to kill you. But we didn't know, like if but I had a sniper rifle and yeah. I just saw him in the distance, like I would either hi- if he saw me, I would just shoot him, like yeah, because and that would be something where you take detachment damage because yeah. you're becoming a sociopath, like yeah, or Daisy Blair, yeah, which a sociopath. <laughs> um, so. That I do need to make sure those encounters are more balanced. And there I is a there is a Tumblr out there. Like, uh, oh no, I've I've seen that Tumblr. Uh, I think it's called like Postcards from the Apocalypse <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, and it's just literally somebody who travels around Daisy and just like takes screenshots and like like oh this guy robbed me, but he didn't. He, I didn't have anything, so he left. And <laughs> he just got bored and wandered away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't want. I don't want it to be quite as absurdist and waiting for Godot <laughs> as uh, Daisy encounters. But uh, yeah, I need to balance those a little bit more, and then I need to make the costs of just like being a rampaging psycho more clear. Yeah, because the the goal of the game is to not be a PC anymore. Being a PC sucks. It sucks being a murder hobo. Yeah, like you want to retire for murder hoboing. <laughs> um, Weird. Yeah, I know, crazy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what's next? Uh, I'm going to work with Bill because Bill's getting his accounting degree. Yeah, uh, to try and make better, more rational mission costs and gear costs for upkeep, so that like yeah. you guys can have more incentive to go out in the wasteland. I mean, I think the thing about Daisy or yeah, not Daisy, uh, not, not my yeah, game. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Red markets. I think the red markets shouldn't be about a game about like 
scrambling by and barely not getting anything ever. I think it should be a game where we risk big, get re- big rewards, and then how do we fuck all that up? Like, how? yeah, I think I think I like, am. We over got a it. shitload of money. We pay more than our upkeep. We have a lot of we have money to play around with. What are we going to do that with? Oh shit! And then the next game, we really fucked up. We really. <laughs> I shouldn't have bought that shiny piece of gear. I should have like. Pay dev my sanity restored. Yeah, and I think I'm thinking I'm giving like PCs too much credit because I think they're going to be able to metagame to know that like, well, if I just save everything, I'm probably going to die. And I would only do that if I'm not having fun playing the game. Yeah. Whereas they will be like, but I really want that chain gun. Yeah. Even though the upkeep is like a billion rounds per minute. So um, I do think, yeah, I need to offer more money and and give players more rope to hang themselves with financially. Uh, so yet again, I'm, I'm working with Bill to make that more incentivized. And then I'm, I'm reading more about economics. Uh, I've, I've started some, but I'm reading more about like, uh, I got economics. It's a comic book. So hopefully I will be able to understand it because there are pictures. Um, <laughs> uh, so I need to revise the negotiation and the reputation rules. Um, the next play test, we need to focus more on combat rules. And well, combat against combat against sentience. Yeah, uh, and then uh, see if those job People. creation rules work because yeah. uh, they've already designed their next playtest. Yeah, uh, it's a heck of a, it's a heck of a one. Um, so yeah, and the, so the the base the job creation is like a cooperative thing, collaborative thing where each player can suggest details about it, and they take votes on. And I've got I've got multiple methods for it, so yeah. we'll have to try different methods. Yeah. Uh, but we just did the most collaborative, like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. One last and so the, the job involves stealing vegetables for a vegetable, like neo-pagan cult of uh, druids. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. It's a vegetable heist for a neo-pagan vegetable cult. Yeah. Uh, being paid for by a uh, heretical priestess of the neo-pagan vegetable cult. Uh, they're competing against trust fund takers, so yeah. like rich kids out for thrills, uh, slumming it in the loss. Uh, the vegetables are being grown in a retrofitted gymnasium pool, uh, and it's five distances away because you all are crazy. Yeah, and you want five encounters between you and the job, and then there's a complication which I won't reveal because Ross is going to play. Dun 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 dun. Um, so we need and to play I'll test that. Fail every important role. You will crit fail every important. Role. <laughs> uh, so we need to do more play testing once I make those revisions, uh, and then once we get some more play testing down, like where we can do longer term campaign stuff. Yeah, we'll probably do another play casting episode, and then we could do a writing episode wherever because I'm writing like an insane amount yeah. every freaking day for the past <laughs> two months. Uh, just not not all not even. A fourth red markets, but yeah, a whole lot of writing. So I know that feel. We could talk about the craft. <laughs> I'm gonna feel like such a douchebag when we do that episode. But we well, should on your do. RPG yacht, pull it into yeah, my time. RPG yacht. Uh, uh, so uh, lessons learned from this. Uh, I don't know about you for playtesting, but I've learned that I need to start with less. I think um, not start with us, but like know exactly what you want. Like you were, you, you kind of like threw the whole game in as it was. And like, for me, like I know I wouldn't have wanted to t- test the campaign stuff. So I would have left the base and the reputation. Yeah. And I go, and just like, here's the job you get, you, you get, you're getting enough. So you're going out and doing it. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like I would start with less and I would start simpler because yeah, that is overwhelming for the players for one yeah. to do it all at once. And then secondly, 
like there's a lot I'm gonna have to change, and there's stuff I'm gonna have to change that we definitely covered in playtesting. Yeah. And there's stuff I'm gonna have to change because it's a ripple effect from stuff I know we need to change from playtesting that we didn't right. even get to. Um, like, and I really lucked out because like if the basic dikes mechanic didn't work, right? I wrote 25k that's gonna end up in a fire that I'm crying into. Like, oh, not all of it. I I know, but like I do feel like there is some benefit of like sitting down with your friends and being like, guys, I have this new idea for this game, your character X, your fighting enemy Y. Yeah. Can we just, like, hash it out a single combat? Can we just do a half yeah, of a you game? you need to go with the build, the fundamentals of the game. Like yeah. Like, the, simple, the simplest level. And I think I lucked out, and I think it's easily going to turn into a game. I'm not going to write a T20 fantasy game instead of Red Markets, for instance. Uh, but... At the same time, like it could have gone worse. So. That's a reference to the "I Am a Zombie" Kickstarter. By the way, oh, God, just read that post. I just it's, don't. It's understand. Mark Renhagen, the creator of Vampire, the RPG, the World Dark, the original World Dark. I mean, he's a more experienced designer than I am. Oh yeah. So is. I mean, I guess I can't say anything, but like the logic of like this mechanic isn't working, so let's change the setting and fiction yeah. and dice mechanic altogether. Is- yeah. Going from a D6 mechanic to D6 mechanic. <laughs> Post-apocalyptic zombie game with D6 mechanics to a D20, D20 fantasy system. <laughs> it's, I'm, I, 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 all right. Good, good, good on him. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, but I, yeah, I, I would want to start out simpler and less, and that would be my advice to people. Yeah. And then um, the next thing is that you mentioned this in a previous podcast is that mechanics really mean nothing in note forms. They only start to take shape when you start to write them as if someone else is going to read it. Yeah. And it is a doomed attempt. Like, it is not going to be clear to the other person when you start to write it out. But you were very correct, and, like, there is something to be said in solidifying your ideas in just the writing process. Like, a ton of stuff in the podcast for mechanics that we did in third changed just between like me having this handwritten notebook full of mechanics versus me typing up 25 K yeah. words over those mechanics. And I think it changed for the better, even though there is still so much to fix. Yeah. Writing is rewriting. And yeah. And, uh, you know, again, like I, I mean, I'm aware of the general process of playtest, and that's really one of the biggest reasons why base Raiders was, a fate system was an existing system. Cause it's like, I just knew that this was like for a superhero game was, was going to be too much. So, uh, again, I, it's, it, it's a very bold strategy, uh, creating a new system from scratch. And I, you know, if I was going create a new system, I would be doing the same thing, like yeah. starting with an encounter and like working my way up from yeah. there or work like doing maybe like three linked encounters, but a very abbreviated thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I really lucked out in that yeah. the core is working and working fast. Yeah. And that I can revise the, the flavor stuff and the larger mini games on top of that. Yeah. Um, because that could not work at all. And then I would be fucked from the ground up, uh, yeah. basically. So to pardon my French. Um, but yeah, I, I would really, I would really advocate, you know, piecemealing it out, finding a good group of friends who are going to tolerate you playing a 15 minute game that falls on its face yeah. or something that's interesting that has to stop because you don't have any more. Um, well, I think with this kind of playtesting, you can, you don't even necessarily need to do a tabletop. I think a Google hangout or Skype game can, yeah. can work for it. 
uh, especially if it's only going to be 15 minutes or something like that. But I think the more, the, again, the more feedback you get, the better. But like, uh, I mean, it's moving in the right direction. Yes. Yeah. I'm very encouraged by it. So for now, I need to finish uh, a bunch of freelancing jobs I've got. Uh, and then once those are done, I'm pretty much going to be on this full time. So we'll play test Friday if I'm not writing 15,000 words a week for other freelancing stuff, uh, then I can easily revise rules over the course of a week. Yeah. Refill the binders with new stuff, uh, update the Google drive folder and we can just, you know, start with the new stuff on Friday. And the goal is to do that until it is a game that is playable. Um, then I'm going to send it out to people on the forums if they would like to volunteer and we'll do like an open alpha for those few people that volunteer while I'm actually going to write it. Yeah. Like the actual setting material and stuff. And then hopefully when the whole thing is done or like very nearly done with the exception of like stretch goals, we can do the Kickstarter and there'll be an open beta. Yeah. And then I'll get the real tweaks and dirt on how good or bad it is. So, Oh, you misspelled it. Yeah, oh, there will be many misspellings. <laughs> all, uh, right. all right, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm I'm really digging Red Markets. I've been talking it up. I think it's going to be a really fun game. And Just don't hold your breaths. <laughs> I will I'm not raising those can. expectations. <laughs> lower, keep them low. All right. I just, <laughs> no, as long as it has character art and like character <laughs> cards and D20 fantasy combat. <laughs> yeah. And maybe some miniatures and like. Well, you need hungry, hungry hippos and the ferret. Yeah. We already talked about. Oh, the, yeah. We I'm, didn't even cut, touch those dice. I know. That's, um, that's a whole can of worms I don't want to talk. <laughs> and literally it needs a can of worms. So <laughs> yeah, that as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back when we're back. Yes. And I will try and write more in the interim. So All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. All right. We'll catch you guys next time. RPPR, Game Designers Workshop. Uh, play test. He's right on kill. And he's coming, he's gunning for you. So turn your welcome mad inside out. He's got some tricks you don't know about, I swear. He's right on